special guest about one of their most significant personal experiences. View our YouTube page to watch the video version of this podcast and access more of our resources. Hey Crossroads, Pastor Luke here. Thanks for joining us for Defining Moments, the show where I have a special guest tell us about a significant moment in your life. Not the most significant, but a significant. So our special guest today is Ann Rimels. Miss Ann, which is just <laughs> what I have to call you, would you please introduce yourself to everybody? Yes, um, I'm Ann Rimels. It's great to be here. Um, I've been going to this church before there was dirt. It's a long time, like 36 years, oh, may, maybe more. Um, uh, I have children. I have grandchildren. I teach in the public school system. Um uh, I teach art. That's fun. And yeah, just, <laughs> I had just John, me. I had John Mascot on a couple of weeks ago and he was saying, you know, I've been in this church since, I don't know, he said like 1982. And I was like, oh, I wasn't alive yet, <laughs> but I was alive. The numbers you threw out so far, I was alive. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about something that was very impactful in your life. So, and I don't know what the story is yet because I don't want it spoiled. I want to, I want to get to experience the ride alongside. So would you tell us all about a defining moment in your life? Yes. And I have to frame it with, um, speak Lord for I am listening because that's the learning that I took out of it. Um, okay. when I finally listened, um, when I, I wasn't expecting, that's when I found out I was expecting. Um, and it was not expected <laughs> at all. Um, and uh, I had other choices, as everybody, you know, everybody has. Um, and that's the road that I was on. So I'm taking you real quick into this. <laughs> You're it's like, right. just that's jump right. right in. Okay. Um, it's your story. Yeah. So, um, you know, I made an appointment to take care of the problem. Um, and uh, until I started listening to my Christian friends um, and, and really listening, it was hard. It was hard to listen. It was hard to realize that, you know, maybe their words had some truth. Um, they, they did not judge me. Uh, they showed me love and compassion. Uh, it wasn't easy to listen. It wasn't easy to tell my parents, you know, it's embarrassing. Um, I was terrified. Um, it was, I'm going to about to reveal something. <laughs> um, it wasn't easy to tell my boyfriend who was totally innocent in all of this matter. And yes, I did marry him. <laughs> um, but that's a whole nother story. Um, there is a fire chief, uh, in, in the world somewhere. I haven't met him. Um, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and uh, he's he's happy that I made a choice for life. And I, I want to put the caveat in that I absolutely do not judge people who make a different choice. There's so much pressure uh, that I felt when I was uh, making this choice to, um, to make a, a different choice than I made, um, including you know, friends and relatives who are like, you don't need this in your life right now. And, um, you know, why go through that? And uh, so, so listening, listening helped, um, listening helped me change things, how to make that decision. Like I said, um, listening to the love that was given to me by my Christian friends. Um, and I, I got very serious about listening. First, I made, when I was making this decision, I, um, 
made a long list of, oh my goodness, this is too expensive. This is going to cause everybody trauma. And, uh, this is, this is going to be a tough one. But, um, in the end, I really felt personally that I needed to do what was right for me. I needed to do what, you know, what I, what I, what I needed to do. And I, so I canceled, I didn't even cancel the appointment. I shouldn't show up. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had already made sure that I had enough money in the bank to, to make the other decision that I did not end up making. Um, but I, uh, but I went down the road and I, I was scared. I was so terrified that I never even told my dad, my mother and my stepfather when talked to him and told him what was going on. And, um, they were like, what? My, my dad and my stepmother were, you know, um, providing me with information that there were other choices that I could have made, um, which I heard over and over again. Um, so uh, my boyfriend at the time went through the whole thing with me. He was by my side. And it was almost like once I made this choice, um, I, I was protected. I was not that it wasn't. Always, it wasn't always easy. It was hard, um, but there was like a like a protection around me that, like almost like God was looking in and going, um, "I'm gonna, it's okay. I'm gonna take care of you," and uh, He did. He God was there for me through through everything. Um, I prayed for a strong, healthy baby <laughs> because I knew I wasn't keeping him, and. Um, he was. He was like 10 pounds, 2 ounces. He was husky. He was healthy. He ate well. Um, and I know some people look at that decision and go, oh, my gosh, how could she do that? There was never, there was never that choice of me thinking that I could um, keep that baby and, and thinking that um, I would be able to, to do that. Mentally, I was not on that page at all. Um, so... The way it changed my life was um, giving me so much more confidence than I had before. Before that, I was scared of everything. I was not in a good place emotionally. I, um, I would think a lot about, you know, not living anymore. I would think a lot about um, just, just being distracted and nervous. But... Um, after that decision, I was like, wow, I'm pretty strong. I mean, I had a lot of support. I have to say, um, Bill was there for me. Um, and my, you know, I had one of my brothers very, you know, like whatever, whatever I decided, he was mourning. He was mourning for me. My mom was mourning for me. Um, but she, so that is the reason why she presented me with other choices and everything. Um, so I know, I know through this, you know, 40, almost 40 years, God loves me. I am precious to him. And not that I don't go through things, but I've learned to listen to things, um, to take the time to turn everything off. If I'm not willing to go in all, to go all in with my Lord and Savior, it's not going to be good for me. I mean, God's grace is so big that, oh, if I don't pray, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm going to, um, you know, fall off a cliff and die if I don't do everything right. His grace is so big for me. I, but I do, I want to emphasize that I do 
spend that time. I spend that time with God. I turn off my phone. I, I, even, t- I even take off my Fitbit because what I was doing was like, oh, I'm praising Jesus, like in my living room or whatever. And I'm singing and everything. I'm like, I'm going to get some more steps in right here. I'm like, no, cannot do that. It's got to be completely, um, completely me and me and Jesus, and for no other reason than I'm spending my time with God and going deep in. And I have a real, what comes at me um, with the speak, Lord, I am listening, is constant barrage of thinking about other things and uh, rising up criticism inside me and um, like, why is somebody, you know, what is, you know, why do people make these decisions and blah, blah, blah. So I'm constantly having to really like, just bind up those thoughts, cast them out, raise up my hands. Like physically, recently I've gotten to do this is that I physically am going to church. I am taking myself to church. I'm making a decision. Um, and that has helped me so much with my confidence, with, um, you know, my mental state, with keeping me on track is, is, uh, is being physical. Like take, raising up my hands, um, speaking to God about out loud about uh, about what's going on. Writing that has helped. So so back to the like listening, just listening to those kinds of things, and those those kind that kind of listening thing, um, being in His Word and not just doing it out of duty, but like what is God going to say to me today that is going to change my life and change my time? Um, did you have any questions? Okay, so <laughs> so take me back. Okay few years. How old are you when you first meet Jesus? When do you even hear about church? Did you grow up in a church environment? Um, I grew up in an Episcopal church. Um, it was an absolutely excellent um, foundation because of the Sunday school and the Bible stories. Um, but I didn't hear about a relationship with God until one of my flaky friends, <laughs> we just used to, you know, skip and do whatever we wanted um, during school. She started talking to me. Well, she got saved. She started, like, instead of hiding out, smoking in the bathroom, <laughs> she was, they were, like, praying, a few, few of my friends. And so she brought me to a coffee house. Um, I was, you know, 17, and um, she thought that would be cool. But there was no band that night. And she's like, oh, no, there's no band. You know, Anne is going to go to hell. Um, she was a new <laughs> Christian. <laughs> so we went in the... Um, we went in this little back room. There was a cross on the wall, and um, there w- it was like kind of like dimly lit, and we knelt on the floor, and she said, I'm going to pray for you. Like, she didn't really know what she was doing, but she prayed for me, and I'm like, I got this. I can pray, and I started to talk to God, and I started to cry, and I, I thought of all the things that I, how needy I was, and I said, God, just accept me. And from, I didn't know it. I didn't know born again. I didn't know, you know, committing your life to (laughs) Jesus. No, but God had his hand on me from that moment on. And I went through some stuff, total rebellion. Like I was a target because I was not into the, I didn't go go deep into the word. I didn't, I didn't listen to God. I didn't listen to my Christian friends. I just was doing what I wanted. So it went way so what was different about praying on the floor of that coffee house as opposed to being in the Episcopal church? You know, why was that time significant? Because somebody personally said to me, Anne, Jesus loves you. He cares about you. Um, which it was a general message before that, like God is, you know, out there somewhere. 
my, you know, my best friend saying to me, he's coming back. And uh, at one point she said, he's going to take, take us. And I said, is he going to take me? I had no understanding. And I was like, yes, of course. And she laughed. And I'm, we were in the library at school, and I'm crying. Like, <laughs> wow, okay. So he must love me. You know, that's kind of what I was assuming. And I didn't know why. So from that point, would, would you say, like, that's, that's your salvation experience? That is the time at which you're like, I am, a, I am inviting Jesus into my heart. Yeah, and that was a very little beginning, um, like the word saveth, like I am being saved. So it, it was a progression mm-hmm. okay. for me of understanding in my head. And you're about 17 at that, yeah. at that point? Yeah. Okay. So from there, where do you go? Are you are you now in church every weekend at that point? <laughs> no, it should have been. Um, I went off to school. I was at Syracuse, graduated from high school, and um, like God who, I I went to a, a club, uh, one of those Bible school cl- club kind of things okay. that all the kids go th- go to the college students, um, but I was partying so hard that um, I. I got lost. I got uh, depressed. Um, I, uh, I lost my. I lost my way. I lost the meaning of life. I. Uh, I basically got asked not to come back because my grades were so bad. I got really distracted from a really really good student to just being like away from home, just doing whatever I wanted. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. And are you doing? any of the church stuff at all at this point are you, do you other than the club are you are you I wasn't going to church are you hanging out with Christian folk at all do you stay in touch with the friend from high school uh okay so <laughs> that was a kind of really pivotal moment also is that um when I left Syracuse um I had to go somewhere my friend who brought me to the Lord was going to Southeastern Mass University it's like UMass, or UMass Dartmouth now, she um, invited me to live with her and some other Christians. And you want to talk about, like, turning. That, that'll do it. Um, it. But I was still, you know, hot and cold, and uh, we would pray together. Like, <laughs> the car, she had an old beat-up car. Every Sunday it would die in the middle of the street. And uh, we'd... <laughs> This is how new Christians are. We were out in the street laying our hands on this car, and it would start right up and take us all the way to wherever Works we were. for me. <laughs> Gets the job done. Yeah. Let's do it. So, yeah, we prayed a lot. We talked a lot. Then I went home for the summer, and I just, um, I, I, don't, I don't know what, you know, what I was looking for, but, um, yeah, one, so Laura left, um, she had stuff going on, and she needed to leave the place, and I just got distracted with boys. <laughs> now, when you say home, are you in? Are you from Connecticut originally? Is that what's, uh, what's originally? Your home state? I'm home, but uh, originally from Connecticut. But I was in uh, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, yeah, living. Just my mom remarried. Got. I lived in Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah, so that's home. Okay, so I'm put, just we're just putting in a little, yeah. little timeline of yeah, your yeah, of yeah. your <laughs> life together. So. How old are you when you find out that you're expecting? Uh, 20, yeah, 20. 
Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't a baby. I mean, I wasn't a teenager. So you've, you've been to college. You've come back from college. Did you ever, did you finish? I mean, you're a teacher, so you've, you went back at some point. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, um, <laughs> I didn't take any time off. Okay. Yeah. So, the, but they invited, they asked you not to return to school. You said, that's okay. I'm coming back anyway. No, 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 no. It was different school. Okay. So I went from one school to the other school, moved in with my, um, Christian friend, Laura, um, and her, a couple other Christians. Um, and then, you know, that summer just got off track. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. So we're, we're talking about this, def- you know, the defining moment. And so, Hey, ev- everybody has mistakes. Everybody has issues in life and there's a huge amount of, okay, but so what? Like, did you make a mistake and, and life falls apart or is there a way to, to come back? So in light of past decisions, what's the difference? What, what, what changes in your life? What's the, what's the next year, the next month like? What, what's so significant for you? Like, uh, why don't you just repeat the same cycle again? And oh, again? oh, okay, yes, <laughs> which could have happened easily. Um, I, I really started to um, surround myself with Christians. Um, I, it's like if you have a baby, the you don't put the baby out, you know, out in the front doorstep. A baby needs to be surrounded by love. At mm-hmm. this point in my life, I can be surrounded by people who aren't Christians, people who have very different beliefs than I do. Um, but, yeah, at that time I was I was a newborn baby, um, and I needed to spend my time with people who were Christians. And so I would spend every – that summer that I was getting big as a house, every weekend I would go um, hang out with Bill um, and my brother – um, I didn't leave myself any time. I was studying. I, I focused on on my work. It was almost like God um, surrounded me with 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 things that I could do so that I wouldn't get myself in trouble. And um, also, um, I was you know I was going to church when I could, uh, and just being surrounded by people who had my best interest in mind was pivotal. And then after that, making decision after decision to go in deeper with God, a slow progression. It wasn't, okay. things did not happen overnight. Okay, so, yeah. e- so even after you end up back home, postpartum, you're, you're, there's not an immediate difference, or there's, a, there's now just a beginning progression? Like, how would, how would you take it from there? Are you... Are you at church the following weekend, the following month, the following decade? Like, where, what, what's kind of your next phase of life? That's interesting. I think if I had gone in deep to church, I, it, things would have been easier. Okay. Things would have been easier if I had um, gotten into a fellowship with women. Absolutely. I didn't go home. I, um, I was living with my dad. Um, for that summer in Cromwell, Connecticut. Then I went straight back to school um, that fall in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, so, so, so slow progression, I guess. So um, learning, learning, um, and being, you know what? Being busy was like therapy. Okay. Um, and that was, you know, God's 
God's blessing. That was a blessing. So it's been slowly. Um, we didn't start going to church regularly till we got married. Okay. Yeah. And what church do you start going to regularly? For, first time when you start going to church regularly. Um, Bill and I called a lot of churches, and we found um, Assembly of God before it was First Assembly, before it was Crossroads. So okay. it was here on Oak Street. Okay. And, uh, and you, you found it by, by phone call? I mean, there was no prior, like, uh, hey, is this a good church? And someone's like, yes, no. No, no. no. We, we just, Bill ha, um, had passed it on his way to work or something every day. And um, and I called around. We called around in uh, the de- denomination that he grew up with. And we went to a few of those. And, yeah, they were fine. But I was like, oh, <laughs> I want this. I want, I want to feel uh, the praise and the worship and the presence of God, and it was so strong. Um, and when we went in, we were so welcomed. And uh, we, after the first sermon, we just we knew like this is it. This is our place. And we, uh, it wasn't long after that that we started getting involved. And just circumstances happened where we had choices to make whether to get involved in the youth choir. And even though we were, you know, older. Um, we got really close with uh, Pastor James Collins, and uh, and when we became youth workers. Okay, yeah. so this is this is not looking. This is not like asking for a compliment for Crossroads, but is is it at that point that you're ready to find a church to commit to, or is it that finding Crossroads works for you in a way, or or Assembly of God Church that works for you in a way that keeps you plugged in? Right, uh, that makes a, the contrast makes sense. Would you, if you had gone to a different church, would you have stayed there? I I don't know, but I'm so thankful. Yeah, we were looking. We were definitely uh, on a hunt. Uh, we were we were looking, and um, I'm just so thankful at the direction of this church. I'm thankful for um, the leadership. Um, not like everything's always perfect, and there were times when when we've been like tested. Like, you know, is this? The, I don't think we ever asked that question. We just committed ourselves because we knew that God wanted us to continue. And I have seen so much, um, so much growth in in the stability, okay. and in and in continuing at, at the place where God called us in the first place, and um, working things out. Working things out is a good thing. <laughs> so, going off of just your your personal story for a second, it feels to me like a lot of folks pop from church to church. Even people who are going to stick in church, I'm going to shop around. I want to see yeah, what, I yeah. like, what I like better. But that's clearly not your story. No. Why? Good question. Um, a church is a family, and you're going to you know, have a crazy uncle and an uh, annoying brother and a, um, you know, an aunt who just says whatever comes into her mind or whatever. So... You don't just leave your family, and and um, you know you you can treat it like a cafeteria and go in. Oh, they have this or they have that, mm. or you know they have this good children's ministry, but they don't have a good teen ministry or whatever. That that doesn't that doesn't fly with a family. And in a family, you have babies being born, and babies they scream and they cry and they poop. You know, like and and so you know some people are like, oh, they don't, I can't stand such and such person that did this to me or that to me um god is teaching has taught me or is teaching me that i need to have grace and i need to listen and i need to listen to people when they're you know 
acting like babies. And, uh, you know, what is it that, you know, what is it that they want? And people, lots of people leave, you know, they, oh, I don't like this. And it breaks my heart because I feel like they're leaving me. Like, what did mm. I do? Can you, <laughs> can you just like, um, I feel abandoned, but that's my own personal, like little, you know, oh, my dad and pa my parents split up and, you know, I don't want to feel abandoned anymore. Um, you know, people have definite good reasons for leaving or whatever, but, um, I uh, I wanna I wanna stick it out with my family, good or bad, and uh, grow. And and I have to say, God has caused growth through that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that, that's that's really good. That's uh, I mean that's about as good an answer I've, as I've <laughs> ever heard for that because uh, it's just not how a lot of people do church anymore. Yeah. It's just we, you know it it comes and it goes and it's and it's transient. And I, I think it's helpful to. When you recognize that people need that grace, I think you're speaking oh of, right? Gosh, that, because yes. I do too. Yes, and I and yes. I'd really like for you to offer it to me <laughs> yes. when it comes my turn to need it. Yes, yes. But, you know, if I time. if I've never had to be the grace giver, then I really don't. I really don't have a reason to expect to get the grace back when it's my turn. It's yeah. kind of a you're gonna have to you're gonna have to yeah. invest in the relationship yeah. in order for it to like when I need it to come back. Yeah, and and to not look to to people to feed my need for grace. Um, it really, it really, really, I know this is a trite thing to say, go to Jesus. Well, yeah, <laughs> you really have to trust him and speak words to him or write them down. Otherwise, it's just thoughts going through your head. You, you really need to cement that. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up, but here, here's, here's the thing. Here's like the final question. You, you, went through very quickly your your struggles and now in the aftermath and how it's definitely seemed to kind of pan out even in, in spite of decisions. So imagine there's someone who finds himself in, in some way identifying with your story, finds himself in some similar troubles or even just kind of running around. What what's your what's your advice to them? What 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 kind of input would you give in your, into their life if they're willing to listen to you right now? Make a decision. You cannot keep going through life like, you know, with the struggles that you have. You got to make a decision to go so deep with Jesus, whatever it takes. There was a time when I would, <laughs> I'm not proud of this, but I was at a party with, you know, a bunch of people and I was like, I need to get to church. I took some boy with me. I don't even know who he was. We stood at the side of the road with our thumbs out. And we got rides like that. And the, the last two rides, we didn't even put our thumbs out. Somebody just came and picked us up and dropped us right at church. Like, it was it was just amazing. We got jumped in the... I don't recommend this. <laughs> Jump, please don't do this. <laughs> Jumping in the back of somebody's truck. Um, and they dropped us off right at church. I, we didn't even tell them where we were going. And uh, I was... I just wanted to be in the house of the Lord. Um, I was not dressed appropriately. Nobody judged me, you know. <laughs> so there's that little lesson. Um, but, yeah, get a hold of God, whatever it takes. Put aside, put your phone down. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's addictive for me, too. I, it's hard. Um, make that time. And a lot of people just want to just sit and rest, just Give a little bit of energy, or first thing in the morning, give your give a little bit of energy to God. Sing one little song to God, like a couple verses, you know, just whatever. 
say something out loud to Jesus during the day, at, you know, at night. Um, get yourself a good devotional. Um, open up that word. Crack it open. Get a, get a word that you can understand. Um, don't play. Go in deep. That's what I would say. Make sure you got the friends that, that are going to back you up, that you can call up on the phone and say, pray for me right now, and they'll pray for you. Yes. All right. So speaking of that, no better segue to we're going to wrap up, and I'm going to end by praying for you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to be with your people, God, and to share stories of your goodness and faithfulness. God, I thank you for Miss Ann and for her entire family. Lord, we pray that you would bless them and keep them. God, we ask that you would be with them and strengthen them. You continue to use them in ministry as you have done today in this conversation. God, we pray for anyone who is listening who can identify and relate with this story. God, we pray that the encouragement to follow you, to go deeper with you, would, would come and, and take root in our hearts. God, help us to seek after you, to know you more. And God, I pray for your blessing upon any person watching or listening to this. Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Crossroads, thanks for being with us. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless.